Well, again, one of the first things we did was we centralized as much as we can to support, right? So we automated everything. And we actually, in the early stages of really trying to get this, we've, we've actually turned their Google reviews into some net promoter score activity so that we're measuring the practices. But once we proved the value and then there was competition amongst, and that was a report that went out every month of like- yeah. So I, yeah, I don't want to be at the bottom of that list. I want to be at the right. top, whether I'm an office manager or a doctor, regardless, right? If you get rid of negative reviews, which you just said it, a lot of people do, you go on, you don't trust it because they got 5,000 five-star reviews. I, there's no trust for me in that. I need to see that some people didn't have a great experience and what you're doing to fix it. So I actually like the authenticity of, and we've left comments of like, hey, we can't actually find you in our patient records. Welcome to another episode of Dental Marketing Go. I'm your host, Gary Bird. I am the CEO of SMC National. We are a, di a digital marketing agency that helps you have predictable new patient flow so you can achieve your visions of growth. And I get to do awesome things every single day because I get to work with awesome people every single day. And today I'm talking with Amber Nish, and she is the COO of RevTribes, but in her prior life, she was the CMO of Community Dental Partners. She oversaw 80 offices, marketing campaigns, and she had over 6,000 new patients a month coming in that she was responsible for making sure they get in the doors. And she spills her guts on how she did that. She gave us the, the, the most important thing that you're not going to want to miss as part of the marketing plan. And you, you're, this 20-minute this conversation is just packed with quality, quality stuff. So make sure you watch. All right, Amber. So you were seeing over 6,000 new patients right. a month at Community Dental Partners. You were the CMO. So that was your job was to bring in these 6,000 new patients every single month, which was about 20% of your patient volume. How mm -hmm. were you getting those, that many patients to come into your, to your, uh, to your practices? Yeah. So the how has actually changed over the years. Early at CDP, um, a lot of our marketing was very, you know, ground level, face to face, getting out in front of potential patients and meeting them where they were. We were mostly pediatric-focused um, Medicaid practices. And so being in the local community and building up our patient base that way was critical. Obviously, uh -huh. that shifted through COVID. And so then we really transitioned to a pretty solid combination of um, digital and on-site marketing. But really, the digital um, powerhouse marketing tools came into play after COVID and after um, that face-to-face -face marketing was not as, as available. And so we we were really intentional about creating an online experience that matched our on-site experience. And so, yeah, we we a lot of our clients and patients come through digital marketing now. Got it. And so on the ground and pound, um, uh -huh. so the getting out there, getting into the community, is that well, a is that something that as you guys were doing it, is that something that you think will you'll continue they'll continue to do and will continue to be a mover in the market and like just and I know. I know it's popular in pedo Medicaid. Is it popular? It is. I don't think it, anybody else uses it. Is that correct? Not as consistently as pedo Medicaid is. I think a lot of times in that market, what you have to do to get those clients oftentimes to come to the uh, dentist is go build trust and meet them where they are and connect with them and interrupt kind of their current thought process and introduce the idea. There's a lot of education that has Good. to happen in that market and a lot of trust building that needs to happen. In other markets, there's typically a different understanding and a different desire. So they may be, digital marketing really plays a role, um, particularly in higher end and even PPO where they're going online, they're looking, they want to go to the dentist, they just want to figure yeah. out who's got the 
best reviews, who's going to give them the services they're after. So the educational component is different when you're not in a pedo Medicaid um, market and you, when your avatar, uh, they're just a, an education that you don't have to overcome as much. And on the ground marketing solves that education component. Sorry to disrupt the show, but I got something crazy to share with you. We are attempting to connect with all of our listeners. We have thousands of people that listen to this podcast, and we want to meet you in person. We have four events coming up, and I want to give you a discount code that you can use for the next week to save $300 off your ticket. The discount code is Gary Bird, and the link is going to be just down below. You can also go to smcnational.com forward slash events. I hope to connect with you in person and help each other grow our businesses. Can't wait to see you soon. So that's a great, great explanation of it, and I've never quite thought of it exactly that way. So you have the you have the going out in the community where you're finding people who aren't Googling for a dentist. That's that's really the component that you're getting. And then yep. from a marketing perspective, and then you have the people who are Googling for a dentist and then what? you, you know, you need to figure that side out. So do you, do you think as, as this like market moves forward, um, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about people with like maybe five offices, 10 offices. And so yeah, if I have five or 10 offices and they're all pediatric Medicaid offices, do you feel like that ground and pound component is going to always be there because you're going to always have these people who aren't searching for a dentist? Or do you kind of see that pendulum swinging as more and more people learn about going to the dentist? I think it's always going to be there, but you can do a couple of things. If you are launching a de novo and your entire patient volume is reliant on new patients, then that pounding, you know, ground and pound has to happen. Yeah. However, social media is another place that is an interrupting your thought process, educational opportunity. It can come in and a really well done social media um, campaign and strategy can bridge the gap between that. You know, you're interrupting their social media. They're not looking, they're not Googling, right? You pop up in the middle of their like searching through, you know, their videos, TikTok, things like that. So I think social media can come in and bridge that gap for most offices. If it's a brand new office, I do think you have to hit the ground as well. So, okay. So I want to go down that social media road. So do you, the problem that I've ran into on social media is that you usually it's the larger treatment that you're going to use it on because the cost per acquisition is just going to be through the roof because Facebook just is getting, in the early days, it was great. Uh And then now the cost is just keeps going up and keep going up and keep going up. So when you're saying like, okay, let's use social media to disrupt their day, which I totally agree with you. That's a good, good vehicle. But how, is that something just as you kick off offices because then you're not as concerned your cost per acquisition or long-term strategy or what do you, what do you, how are you thinking through that? We've actually found it to be great for kicking off our offices. You're right. You do know that your cost per acquisition is going to be higher in a, in a startup. And, and that's just to be expected as you build the brand, you build your digital presence, your website, it's all the things, right? So there is a higher cost, but we've actually found Facebook has done, I mean, we've gotten some pretty low cost per acquisitions on Facebook's just for our pedo Medicaid. I think it has a lot to do with a multi-pronged approach of just hitting them in every place you can find them and just reminding them of, and it's really branding intentional. It may not be conversion intentional. And so I think that's the place where you have to watch what you're doing, but you just get your brand out there and and be fun and build up your own, per, your social media page as well. And Share that and get connected, but then also, um, it may not always be the final conversion destination point, but it is still a very solid branding plate. But I will say, in truth, 
We've actually found even in our newer markets, Facebook is actually doing better than Google has done in terms of cost per acquisition. Um, what what, what so are you seeing cost per doing. acquisition wise? Like what are you, so in Apito Medicaid, what were you We've seeing? Got cost per acquisition down at the 40 to $50 for an appointment, which typically translates into $100 for a walk-in. And as, so it's- Because half we, of them aren't showing. So so if you're, let's just use a round number. So $50 yeah. cost per acquisition, that's someone scheduling an appointment. Half of those mm-hmm. show up. So right. you end up $100 through the door. Yes. Yeah. Got and it. some of our practices are a little bit lower than that, um, especially the ones that have been around for a little bit longer and vis- and just awareness and branding is stronger. But yeah, I mean, early on for me, for $100 cost to put a patient in a brand new de novo, that feels pretty solid, right? Because, you know, ideally you want to make, you know, a so, so short term, and, 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 and I don't want to put, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but short term, it makes a lot of sense because it's a de novo. Long term, mm-hmm. you have to start to adjust your strategy yeah. to get that cost down because you're only getting a couple hundred bucks from that patient over the year. Sure. So um, is that is that how you're thinking through it? That's exactly right. So we're willing to spend it up front a little bit more because, again, you get them and then maybe their sister, their sibling, their friend, their cousin, right? It's a de novo. So you're really trying to, you kind of pay the price to have more brand marketers at the end of the day, right? You're like, I'm kind yeah. of paying for a patient to walk in the door, but also ideally some additional marketing support, right? They can speak for you. So you want them to believe mm-hmm. you are used and yeah. bring you patient referrals. And that game is really intense in a de novo, but absolutely as that practice ages and word of mouth and, and your digital presence expands, then the cost per acquisition should absolutely go down. Got it. And then, so do you, so then what are the drivers later? So let's say now I don't have a de novo. Um, I have like an established office. I'm seeing, you know, 200 pediatric patients a month. These kiddos are coming in and what, what now is my marketing campaign what what should it look like and how does that tie into like and i know you're big on this like how does that tie into the patient journey i think the patient journey when your practice is established is actually critical because what you need is a great patient journey and great reviews getting good reviews on your google business listing is probably singularly the best marketing investment you'll make yeah agreed everybody goes i mean just like when we go look to what product we're going to buy on amazon what's the first thing we look at reviews that yep. is where people go now. I look for a restaurant. I go to the Google business listing and I look at the reviews almost yep. before I figure out if they're close to me or not, right? Yeah. Like that, those Google reviews are, I would say, is the single most powerful marketing tool that you have. And you do not get them if you do not have a good patient experience in the office, right? So you could ask for it and you can automate the request for Google reviews. You're not going to get them if the patient journey isn't good. So you really have to be intentional. Or you'll get them and they'll be bad. <laughs> you'll get yeah, bad reviews, right? Which we've had happen, right? We're like, never yeah. mind, stop asking them for a minute so we clean up some of our problems, <laughs> yep, right? Yeah. Because yes, that's absolutely a risk of happening. Because a lot but of people it, yeah. don't leave review. No one, it, we still, I, we are in, in like more of a review nation now. I think I, there's yeah. even in some markets, there's saturation where it becomes distrustworthy where every dentist has 5 million reviews. It's like, okay, right. what do I do with that right. now? They're all five-star reviews, you know? But one thing that I have noticed is that no one leaves, like we kind of are taught to leave a review. I feel like I should leave. I'm obligated to leave a review for restaurants at mm-hmm. times and uh-huh. some other services. But for dentistry, yeah. I don't, it's, it doesn't even pop into my mind that I'm going to go review my doctor, right? Yeah. Um, so how do you, how do you disrupt that in the patient journey, like how are you disrupting? Because there's tons of options, right? So you can 
yeah, you totally. can do all kinds of things. So what are your thoughts on that? And then, and then how, how are you diving into the patient journey from there? So I think one of the best things you can do, I've found automation of that review request to be really helpful and set it at a time where they've left the office, right? You don't want it to hit them right when they're in the car. <laughs> yeah, so, so, how, so who, how are you automating it? Is it is, like, are you using it the software? It goes out a text with a link, right? So we- um, Like who did text. you guys use? We used X-Health. Okay. And so they send out an automated text. It's linked to our Google review or Facebook, whichever one you choose. And you can do either one. Um, I prefer Google until yeah. you've built that up and then you want to go to Facebook and swap it back and forth. But Google well, because is people aren't people aren't hopping on Facebook and going, I want to find my next dentist. No. You know what I mean? So no. yeah, Google makes a lot more sense to start yeah, with. So start there, build that up. But um, yeah, send that out as just an automated response, right? So that helps. But I actually and what, find at what time? So if someone comes in at like 8 a.m. to my dental appointment. I dental like about appointment. two hours later. Okay. I'm a, I'm so a big whenever fan their appointment is, doesn't doesn't matter what time of day it is, it's two hours later. Right. Some people do them all at like seven o'clock at night because you think, oh, well, they'll be home. and they'll, But those people probably aren't moms <laughs> because I'm home and running around like crazy trying to take care of my kids. So that's like almost the worst time to ask me to do something. Yeah. Um, but give me a couple hours to get back home from the appointment, get back to the office or whatever I'm doing. And then, yeah, I can respond to a quick text really fast in the middle of the day. Like that's not as cumbersome to me. But I actually think one of the best things to do is that the staff talks about it, that you have signs present with 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 QR codes even, but really the staff saying it helps us so much if you will leave us a a good review. I've even seen sort of incentives of like, hey, leave us a review and we'll give you a t-shirt, whatever. Like you really want to create a culture where everybody in the practice understands the value of that review and responds to them. Okay. If you so you want more reviews, engage. Oh yeah. So okay. So I wanna I wanna okay. talk about the first thing that you said there. You said you have to create a culture of it. So here's what I've yep. noticed with dental offices, even big ones. So I've I've watched people who present and they go, we got, you know, 1500 offices. We have 700 offices. We're like it's a multi-billion dollar company. We have, you know, hundreds of dentists on the team. We have, you know, you know, thousands of operators that are, you know, hygienists and dental assistants. And we have a marketing right. team of six people. And I'm just like, <laughs> right. That's right. what, what I'm like, oh, what? We're like, nobody. Here. Yeah. 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 There's, there's this like, and I've seen it over and over and over again. So, so what happens is, is you get somebody who's like marketing minded and you're sure. like trying to fit a round peg into a square hole because no yep. one in the office wants to ask for Google reviews. They all think it's below their pay grade, right? Yeah. At first, like or at first, referral, they don't want to do that either, right? So yeah. yes, yeah, because yeah. I'm a I'm a doctor. Like I literally went right. to school to operate on people, it. and you're asking me you. to go do a dance on Facebook. You know what I mean? That's how they right, like right. It, it enters into their brain. So there- how and and that's changing, right? But it's very slow changing. It's it's not a normal thing yet. So how how did you? do that like how did you get them on board of like hey we need more google reviews and you need to make that happen well again one of the first things we did was we centralized as much as we can to support right so we automated everything and we actually in the early stages of really trying to get this we've we've actually turned their google reviews into some net promoter score activity so that we're measuring the practices and so a lot of it was we'll do all the work up front so that you can see the value. And then there's a score and we're like, and we're telling them every month how many new reviews you've got, right? So the accountability showed up. And then we actually did transition to, okay, now practice managers, you've seen the value. It's actually your job to respond to these reviews and engage because 
we proved it valuable first in a very simple format of we'll handle as much of the work as we can as we centralized it and invested in that. But it did take a lot of people because there's a lot of technology that helps. And yeah. so, yeah, you just go into like a hoot suite and respond to all the reviews. And it's pretty easy for one. I mean, we had, I think, two people doing it for 80 offices. Like it's not a heavy hitting responsibility. But once we proved the value and then there was competition amongst and that was a report that went out every month of like. Yeah. So I, yeah, I don't want to be at the bottom of that list. I want to be at the right. top, whether I'm an office manager or a doctor, regardless, right? Yeah. The, the regionals were having visibility to it. It was coming up in meetings. So we created that culture first and then handed the responsibility off to the practice managers and said, now that you get it, you see it, you understand why it matters. We want this because it comes better for them. There are some things that you can centralize. If I know Mary and I was the practice manager when Mary came in, I can respond differently to Mary's review than the person sitting at her home office. It's good, but the best option is that the practice, somebody from the practice does it that knows Mary personally is like, hey, hope Mary, you know, has a great soccer tournament, danger, whatever. Yeah. You get a lot more engagement and it feels more honest. So yeah, that's you know what scares the only thing I would be scared of, and this is going into the weeds, is this like the HIPAA side of it, right? Like every I get these messages yeah. sometimes where people are like, did we violate HIPAA on the response? And I'm like, I don't, did you say anything about their dental visit at all? Nothing you know, about their like, dental visit, right? Yeah. yeah. So you want to be personal without being, you know, over the top. But I think, yeah, as long as you're not like, hey, Mary, we're glad you got your crown and your, you yeah. know, three cavities filled today, your mouth, you know, like, as long yeah. as we don't share the, that medical information, I, yeah, we're good. But that also comes on the negative reviews too. And you've got to have a good yeah, sure. compliance and support and training around because what what i don't love is getting rid of negative reviews or negative reviews that aren't engaged with if you get rid of negative reviews which you just said it, a lot of people do you go on you don't trust it because they got five thousand five star reviews i there's no trust for me in that i need to see that some people didn't have a great experience and what you're doing to fix it so i actually like the authenticity of and we've left comments of like hey we can't actually find you in our patient records so that like if somebody else goes to look at it, they're like, well, that review is a reviewer problem, not yeah. a dental yeah. problem, right? That's so most I, people don't yeah. dentist freak out. Or they no get, I, I just had a dentist reach out recently and he was like, Gary, this bad review, it's going to ruin us. And I'm like, okay, yeah. let me look at this. And there, it was, it was a negative review, right? And um, he had 500 other good reviews. And I was like, you literally don't even have to worry about it. Like, it's not going to impact right. your business. You're good. But. I totally agree. When you get to this market saturation where you have hundreds of good reviews, everybody goes and reads the negative reviews first yep. because that's what actually tells. And the best example I can give is like when you buy things on Amazon, using your example from earlier, if I want to buy a new vacuum and they have 10,000 five-star reviews, I, I want to see the bad ones instantly. Yep, and if they're all time. like, hey, you know, I got the wrong color. You know, if they keep saying that, sure. they say, I asked for a gray, but it's really more of a black. Like, I don't right. know like, the vacuum is like, cool, yeah. this is a great company. But if they're right. like, hey, they ship me a blender instead of a vacuum. And I see right. that over and over again. And I see 10 of those. And then I see, and I don't see any response from the company. Now I'm going to yeah. hesitate. But if the company all said, you know what? We had a glitch. We're sorry. We're sending it back out. Da, 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 and we gave you a hundred dollar yeah. store credit, blah, 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 blah. Like, yep. I'm going to be like, oh, that's a good company. They actually care. And yep. I, I think most people miss that opportunity that your negative review can actually become your most positive review. Yes. The trust building that can come from a negative review and somebody else watching how you handle that 
gives them confidence. I don't ever expect a business that's like going to the restaurant. I never expect that every time all food is delivered. Like there is a realistic humanity of, and I want that humanity and I want somebody to come in and say, we are so sorry, here's how we solved this. Or we don't actually even, we can't find you as a patient of record. Please call us. We might like anything that just says, and I don't love canned responses, right? So that's when like automation, there is some automation that can just, thank you for your response. We were, you know, yeah. That's why I Sorry, like Sorry, we stink so bad. We're working on it to get better so we can yeah, be better you right. tomorrow. Like you yeah. can tell that they yeah. automated it and I don't find, like that doesn't give me any more trust either, which is why we like the practice managers doing it because you build that trust in the community and the practice that you're going to. And I think, again, that patient journey, no, no one is better at marketing for you than a current patient. Nobody. Like yeah. even as a CMO, I'm never going to out match the power that somebody who went to your practice and had a great time will have in that community. So yeah, that's the most important marketer you've got. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's, that's the yeah. part that if you can figure out the patient referrals yep. and all of a sudden marketing becomes way easier because, okay. and this is the part of the nuance I think that most people miss is that when a marketing patient is coming in, they don't trust you. They don't know you. Right. They just Google search it. They read some reviews. So they're kind of filling <laughs> you out. Patient referral fully trusts you. It's like, oh, totally. you took care of Susan and she you fixed Susan's teeth. Well, I'm, I, I love Susan. Susan's, you know, the greatest lady ever. And she re- told me yep. to come here. So I have no doubt you're going to fix my teeth. And what right. happens is, is that if you get good at getting patient referrals, what that actually means is that you're turning the marketing patients into refers. Yep. And that's hard to do because they're low trust. And I, and I think a lot of people think it's like, you know, this, it's almost like this competition. It's not, it's actually a feeding, like a Is feeding that? farm that if you figure out how to get these marketing patients to come back in and refer people, you don't need as much marketing. And that's really the, at the end of the day. And it gives you more value for your dollar because you spent, let's just make up that number, a hundred dollars to get that one patient. But then that one person brought their two kids plus their friend, Sarah, that had two kids right now. Suddenly that hundred dollars I just spent was well yeah. worth the money, right? 100%. And yeah, and you, you gotta, don't have you to gotta, spend any more. But you got to figure that out, right? Like yep. you've got to figure that out. Like if you cannot turn the marketing patients into returning customers that that want to refer their friends, then yep. the marketing becomes actually very tedious and hard. And expensive. Like yeah. it's incredibly expensive if you're retention. So again, I'm a big fan of like watch the whole patient journey. Are you retaining your patients that have come in the door, particularly your marketing new patients? Are they giving you referrals? You know, it's it goes back to that culture in the practice, which is really hard. Marketing and operations often sit in two different silos and two different buckets. And the best marketers are actually in your practice and in your office and are the best ROI producers of marketing money. Marketing should be the icing on the cake, not the cake. And you got to have a great operational patient experience, patient journey, and then it just makes marketing, yeah, again, just that little bit on the top that just keeps things flowing. Love it. Great stuff. All right, last question for you. If you someone, we have all the dental marketers in the world Perfect. all in a stage and they're in the stadium and you're on stage and you get 10 seconds, 20 seconds to tell them something, what's your message? Uh, honestly, my message is make sure your phones are being answered. Check with operations and work <laughs> tightly with operations. 
because it's not even for the marketers. It. It's like, make sure you're telling yeah. your operators to answer like, their phone. Let's go That's- look at the. Again, it's not about that, but it's like just build a great relationship with your operations team. It is the most critical relationship you will create as a marketer. So my, so my saying, Amber, mind. is I've never been more successful than the front desk lady or the guy, right. whoever's answering. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Ever yeah. as a marketer. Never. I've never exceeded yeah. their. I, you, I can't. They're, they're my first restraint that I have. And so I, yeah. I love that. And that's a, yeah, yeah, right now the industry average is 35% unanswered. That's. It's- Yes. So I'm like, yes, there's nothing, there's no metric that matters to me more than if you're answering the phones. And if, if they need help and like show up and help and be, cause that is a marketing type position. That's a sales, like, so get in there and help and be part of the solution. And so, yeah, that relationship between marketing and ops is not siloed. It is so interconnected that building a great relationship with that team, it will be the greatest, you know, security to success of your marketing efforts for sure. Awesome. And if someone wants to reach out to you because you're not a marketing uh, CMO anymore. You are now a right. COO. So how can they reach out to you and learn about all the awesome stuff you're doing? So the fun thing is, is that I've recently transitioned to a company called Revolutionary Tribes, and we are actually offering as a CMO um, support and leadership for marketing uh, groups and any dental practices that are looking to grow and scale their businesses. We've got lots of leadership and coaching opportunities to help do that. And marketing is going to be part of that. So even marketing leaders who are just looking to expand their cap- capabilities, reach out and we'll we'll be happy to kind of connect and set up a time to meet. Um, but yeah, with Revolutionary Tribes, is we're building tribes to help help uh, founders grow and scale their vision and dreams. So we're excited to, I'm excited to be part of that and, and take it to the next that's level. That's awesome. Yep, that's really, really exciting. So um, <laughs> thank, thanks so much for coming on. And and how can they reach you? Just go to Rev Tribes is the best way. Uh, yeah, let's go to Rev Tribes is the best way. Or, you know, find us on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn, um, okay. just Amber Nish. So that's pretty easy too. So yeah. All right, awesome. Thanks so much for tuning awesome. in. And Amber, thanks for coming on. <laughs>